This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It's a labor dispute that can affect your health, and it has been going on through the spring and summer. So far, it's only affected two clinics in other towns, but the Ontario Medical Association says this could have widespread ramifications. There are reports of threats and intimidation and a case where a patient nearly died because of access blocked to a medical clinic where workers were on strike. The first strike was held at the Thunder Bay Medical Centre, Striking workers were represented by uniform. According to reports, the strikers put up a metal fence barricading all access to the medical center. A court injunction was filed and Unifor agreed to take the fence down. That strike has since been settled, but now workers for a clinic in Owen Sound are on strike. They are represented by OPSU. Reports claim that the striking workers have threatened to put up a fence barricade for this clinic as well. And meanwhile, things have gotten ugly as cars are reportedly made to wait five minutes before entering the clinic parking lot. By the way, that is within their rights to do that. But there are reports of verbal intimidation, pounding on the hoods of cars, and uh, also reports that they've been placing pieces of wood with nails uh, designed to impede the cars from moving. The local police are getting in on this. They say that this strike is taking up too much of their resources and making it very hard for them to respond to other calls. The two sides are meeting with a government conciliator today. Right now I'm on the line with Dr. Nadia Alam, president of the Ontario Medical Association. Dr. Alam, hi, thanks for joining us. Libby, thank you so much for having me on the show. Okay, well, uh, you know, these you're saying this this is not an isolated thing. This is a problem that could reach a lot further than these two clinics. Yeah, I'm actually genuinely worried that as other clinics who have unionized employees, as they watch what's playing out in Owen Sound and what played out in Thunder Bay, the way unions conduct their labor negotiations and their strikes will change and not necessarily change for the better. I'm fully supportive of workers' rights to unionize. I'm fully supportive of the right to strike for non-essential workers. However, I also believe that access to health care, that is a core value for people in Ontario and across Canada. It's enshrined into our Canada Health Act, into our laws, and that must be respected. And would you say that uh, it's kind of a special case because, say, even if they're doing something that is not, you know, overly uh, disruptive in another context, if you have people who are, uh, you know, who are not well, who are not mobile, uh, that is, is this a question that, that any kind of, you know, making a car wait or not letting the car get right up to the door, that it's, it's much more problematic than it would be in another context? 
I think they should take a more nuanced approach, honestly. I mean, Libby, they made an 88-year-old gentleman who had had a bypass surgery for his heart the week before walk from the parking lot to the front door. Patients who are post-bypass, who've just had bypass surgery, they have to follow a very strict protocol about how much physical exertion they can endure because anything that's too much could set off another heart attack. They're that vulnerable. While I understand that this was part of their picketing protocol that the group had agreed to, I do feel that they have to make exceptions for certain kinds of patients, patients who can't walk very well, patients who have who are disabled, patients who are in crisis. There was a veteran with PTSD who found the whole affair of trying to get in to see his doctor so troubling that it almost set off his PTSD. He actually wrote to me and said, with PTSD, it's like you have a cliff inside your mind. And having people yell at him, laugh at him, videotape him with their phones, block him from getting closer to help, that kind of behavior is what pushes me closer to that cliff. Uh, I'd like to give the numbers out again in case our audience has questions or comments on this. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. I'm talking to Dr. Nadja Alam. She's the head of the Ontario Medical Association. We're talking about a couple of strikes at medical clinics where uh, the picketing protocol had an effect on patients. And I gather there was an issue as well where picketers were following the doctors home. Is that right? Yep. Yep. One of the physicians at the Owen Sound Clinic and many of the physicians up in Thunder Bay said that they were being followed home in very threatening manners. They actually ended up reporting it to either the local police or to OPP who told them to put up home security cameras just to catch whoever was perpetrating this and whoever was victimizing them. It became a very intimidating environment. Their own safety aside, they were genuinely worried about the safety of their patients. And again, that if we are going to see unionization at community clinics, my take-home message today is set some ground rules about what is acceptable Healthcare should not be barricaded. Healthcare should not be impeded, particularly for the most vulnerable in our population. Do you have a sense of why the dispute got so acrimonious? I think it's kind of like labor disputes anywhere. People feel hard done by. People feel that they are in difficult straits themselves. They feel that their employer is being unfair. Employers on the other side, doctors in this case, um, have themselves seen pay cut after pay cut, up to 30% now over the last four and a half years. So they're having difficulty as well. And because of that, because of the emotions that rise, the tensions that rise, it becomes a nasty environment very, very quickly. But I think both sides have to remember, all parties have to remember, Whatever that labor dispute, the one thing we can all agree on is that patient care must be protected. Do you think that some of these workers uh, should not be allowed to strike? They should, should they be considered first resp- like first responders? I'm beginning to wonder. I, I really am. I mean, I think about my own family medicine office. 
it's not just about coughs and colds that I see coming in to see me and my colleagues. It's, it can be everything from end-stage heart failure to mental health crisis and acute suicidality um, to babies who are sick and feverish to pregnant women who need to be monitored for complications. I mean, a family, met, a family doctor's day is just full of a variety of illnesses from stuff that's pretty benign to stuff that can be life-threatening if it's not managed. I do not work in isolation. I depend on my secretaries. I depend on my nurses. We are a team when we're there taking care of our patients. I almost wonder if they should be allowed to have um, the rights that other essential workers have to uh, other dispute resolution mechanisms like arbitration, right? Not just moving to a strike. I, I have to say, I can't do my job without my secretaries and without my teammates beside me. That's uh, an interesting take. Have you had any direct conversations with the unions that are involved about this? When this started to happen, I actually reached out to the union president. So I reached out to Mr. Warren. Um, I reached out to uh, Mr. Diaz. Unfortunately, neither responded. Mm-hmm. And and partly it's that, one, this is a team environment, right? Like I said, I, I can't do my job without everything else that's in my office. Yeah, sure, I'm my secretary's boss, but they are my partners in taking care of my patients. They help me figure out how to fit all of my patients into my day so that they're seen in a quick, timely manner. And this clinic in Owen Sound, they see like 400 patients a day. Mm-hmm. Like it's a multi. It's a multidisciplinary clinic, and it's in a place where presumably there's not that much in terms of choices for your healthcare. Exactly. I mean, they we know that they have a doctor shortage out there. We know that they have a specialist shortage out there. It's all hands on deck all the time, and so they actually do need their office workers and their nurses and everybody working to the same goal. There has to be that trust, that relationship that we're all in this together, we're all rowing in the same direction. That said, if workers choose to remain unionized, and interestingly, in Owen Sound, many of the workers have walked away from the union, have resigned from the union itself. Um, If workers do choose to be unionized... Can they do that? Yes, yeah, it's voluntary. They can volunteer to be part of a union, and they can volunteer themselves out of the union as well. and it doesn't mean that they lose their job necessarily. They're st- they've still got their jobs. Um, so in this case, my hope is that at the very least, we can agree on ground rules for strike protocols uh, so that we don't have escalations like we saw in Thunder Bay or what seems to be happening in Owen Sound. Well, let me ask you this. So so who's manning the clinic? Is it is it workers who've been there who've resigned from the union, or is it people that the union would see as strike breakers? So that part I don't know, because I'm not a family doctor at the clinic. What I do know is that often when we are in a family doctor's clinic, when you're short-staffed, you, you can hire temporary workers. You can even call in family to help you, because at the end of the day, when you're in dire straits, who else do you turn to but your family, right? Mm-hmm. And usually your secretaries, they're kind of like your family, but if they're not there, you bring someone in temporarily to help you out. Mm-hmm. Um, it just sounds like a, a very, very difficult situation. 
Uh, and uh, I can see how it needs maybe different rules than you would have in other types of workplaces. Exactly. This isn't a fast food restaurant. This isn't a factory. This is people's health care. If a patient is suicidal and their family doctor sees them every single week just to keep them stable, to miss that appointment, that's not something you can just rebook whenever. That is something that has to be there to protect the patient. It has to be preserved, that relationship. That patient can't just go to any other worker out there, any other doctor out there to get the same level of care. If they could get into any other doctor out there. Yep. Uh, let's take a, a call from Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill. Hi. I'm actually a Unifor member, uh, and I phoned in to, cha- to talk to Jerry Diaz last week. I got cut off. Anyways, I find this disgusting. Unifor has become a, a, a militant uh, uh, union. Um, they're terrible. You should not be allowed to impede people seeking medical attention. You know, if you want to protest, do it to the right of the driveway, to the left of the driveway. This is disgusting. Uh, do your other fellow union members feel the same way? The, the, that particular strike has now uh, been settled, and I guess OPSU represents the workers in Owen Sound where it is ongoing. But uh, have, you, have you talked to fellow union members about this? Is this have you, you even been aware of this? It's happening in other towns. Oh, I've talked to my, uh, my local uh, many times on numerous occasions, and basically uh, they, uh, they don't want to hear from me. Um, I, have, uh, I have lots to say to them, but they don't seem to tolerate anything, any of my input. Um, they, like I said, they've become a radical union under uh, Jerry Diaz. Uh, they're always the victim. Uh, you know, unions... Do they have a place? Maybe. I, I really don't care. I don't need to be a union member. Unfortunately, I'm forced in the job that I do to be a member. But to do this kind of thing to sick elderly people that need help in an area where, you know, getting uh, medical care is, is difficult at best, you know, if that's the best they can do, it's a sad state of affairs. Uh, Nadia, do you have anything you want to say to Bill? I would say, I would wonder, actually, if Bill's concerns are shared by some of the other union members, in even in Owen Sound. I mean, I've heard this from union members in, in Thunder Bay, but even in Owen Sound, the local hospital has a 1,000 staff that are unionized under OPSU. You're not seeing those 1,000 members picketing at this clinic, which is very telling. They've been invited to picket. They've been invited to join the striking workers, but they haven't done so. And that says something to me, that maybe the community is not as supportive. Maybe all of us say that, yeah, okay, unions have their place, but there's got to be a line. you got to protect health care and the right to health care. Most of the members uh, in in my company, my business, and there's 50,000 of us. It's a a big uh, organization. They don't really care about the union. They just totally ignore them. They, they really don't pay any heed to them. It's the, the 2% or the 1% that run it, that basically they're all politically minded. They all have an agenda. They want to buy elections and buy influence and buy power. 
like Jerry Diaz is down there now negotiating uh, for NAFTA. Jerry Diaz does not have enough brains to be down there doing anything for Canada. Well, I have to interject with you there. I've talked to Jerry uh, Diaz. That's actually well, the way he likes to pronounce his name many times on that subject. So uh, I would have to disagree with you on, on that note. He uh, seemed pretty up on the negotiations, and he seems uh, to have a uh, very uh, a reasonable position, uh, you know, when I've talked to him. But go ahead. I just wanted to interject well, with no, that. Well, uh, no, honestly, the outcome of NAFTA... Uh, you wait and see. It's like Trump said after he left the G7, this is going to be very costly to Canada, and it is. And you know what? It's people like Jerry Diaz and Christopher Freeland. If this is the best Canada has to put forward, we're in a sad state of affairs. But anyways, we're, I'm totally off subject now. Yep. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, but, you, yeah can... you know what? Give people fair access to medical care. Be decent get out of their way, and let them get their treatments. Okay, thanks for that, Bill. Thank you. Bye. Okay, so uh, that that is uh, another wrinkle in all of this. Uh, and by the way, uh, we are supposed to be speaking to Smokey Thomas, who is the president of the Ontario Public Service Union. Uh, he should be with us uh, any time now, but uh, we'll, we'll see if he we get here. Uh, he gets here, uh, Doctor Allen. Is is there anything else, or do you anticipate any further? Uh, labor disputes of the same nature. I know that in this case, a bunch of doctors got together and they brought the staff that they had with them and then kind of realized that they really had too many staff and they had to let some go. I mean, can you think of other situations that would be similar? I I do have to wonder. Um, Now, I I should say, one, I'm not anti-union. I I come from a very working class family. I totally get the role unions play in people's lives. Two, most clinics in Ontario and across Canada are not unionized. However, that has been changing over the last few years. And this is partly why a lot of doctors, not just in Ontario, but from New Brunswick up to BC, have been messaging me saying, what is going on in Owen Sound and Thunder Bay? These are small towns, in small cities in Ontario. Often they're, they're kind of swept under the rug in terms of news and stuff, but all of a sudden they're figuring very large in the conversations within the medical community. And that's because we're watching the strike happen and we're watching the fallout from that strike. And as doctors watch, I think it's important for communities to realize All of this, like physicians are a very small community at the end of the day. We're all, when we're all watching all of this play out, how it it plays out makes a big difference in whether or not we choose to set up in communities and how we choose to set up our practices within communities, whether we take permanent clinics versus temporary clinics. Um, So it, it actually has a wider impact on health human resources. I know Thunder Bay has a shortage of doctors. I know Owen Sound has a shortage of doctors. Many towns and cities outside of the big urban centers have shortages of doctors and specialists. And at this time, we want to make sure that if there is a disagreement, we do so in a civil manner, where at the end of the day, 
there is no arguing about the fact that patient care cannot be compromised and that patients deserve the right to get care in a safe and secure manner where they're not being yelled at, where they're not, their cars aren't being pounded on, where there's no wood with nails embedded in them to, to um, puncture your tires, where you don't feel intimidated. Like that's, that's just inappropriate behavior okay, in Nadia. a patient care center. Okay, Nadja. Dr. Nadja Alam, thank you very much for that. Uh, appreciate your input. Libby, thank you so much for having me. Okay, bye-bye. And uh, we're going to bring in Smokey Thomas now, president of the Ontario Public Service Employees Union. Uh, That's the union representing the workers who are on strike at this clinic in Owen Sound. Smokey, hello. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Okay, well, we were on the line with Dr. Nadia Alam, and basically what she's saying is that when it comes to a medical facility where you're dealing with patients who have a very serious, some of them health issues, mobility issues, cognitive issues, that there really have to be kind of different ground rules in terms of the way it comes to, you know, conducting a picket line on a strike. Uh, do you, what do you think of that? Well, I'd like to start by saying I listened to what she said. I got you on the radio and listened. And uh, a couple of things is I've just, and I checked, that's why I was a couple minutes late calling in. We have never received a request from her to, to meet that I'm aware of. My secretary can't find it. I have a replacement. Jennifer got hit by a drunk driver, of all things. Oh, dear. She's been off, but Carlene couldn't find anything. So if this woman wants to meet, I'm happy to meet her. Two, I think she is woefully misinformed. Uh, we do not picket at the building. They're only allowed on the sidewalk. No one has been blocked from getting into the building ever. I checked. I'm not aware of any patient ever having to cross the walk across the line. If they did so of their own volition, I can't stop that. But in terms of she's going on about the, you know, uh, recently, last week, due to people being run over by cars, and I asked this of the police and uh, other reporters, in what universe would it ever, under any circumstances, be acceptable or even tried to wish away by the other side that somebody drives through a picket line, accelerates, and runs somebody over? I have an executive board member. She's probably going to need surgery on her ankle. The guy turned the wheel and ran her over. Another guy did it to, to another member. Uh, so according to the, the police, basically, there have said that uh, this whole thing is taking up too much of their resources, that they oh. are slowed down in in uh, in responding to other calls. I mean, basically, it sounds like the whole thing has escalated on both sides. Well, it, it has escalated on both sides. because. And let me just say, we've been ready, willing, and able to go back to the bargaining table any time. Is the employer that has refused to bargain. Over a week ago, their lawyer said, my client will come to the table to bargain on September 4th. Now, they want their lawyer there. They won't bargain without their lawyer. Well, he comes up from Toronto, so he gets there today, and I'm told by our negotiator, the lawyer says, I have to leave at 3 o'clock because I have a hearing in Toronto tomorrow. Well, that's no way to bargain. Most collective agreements, you can't, like... We'll stay there all night. We'll stay there. I've, I have actually myself sat at Barrington, been up 36 hours, catching an hour here and an hour there. So if they're committed to uh, bargaining a, a contract, which they would like us to believe now at long last, then then they, the lawyers should stay. 
he can get a flight. He can drive down early in the morning. Lord knows I've driven lots of places in the middle of the night to get a deal done. <clears throat> so they're a lawyer, and I'm sure he's being paid very handsomely. But to go back to some of the OMA's claims, she, she put out a blog early on and admitted she'd never been there, didn't know anybody that made all these claims. Well, she's woefully misinformed. She's not listening to the other side at all. What about so these, uh, what these, about these, what about the claim that they have threatened to put up a fence uh, the way that Unifor did in Thunder Bay? There are lots of people asking for that, not just my strikers, but some people in the community saying to the strikers, "You should do it. You should shut it down." In Thunder Bay, Jerry gave them notice in three newspaper ads over three days. And the employer still chose not the bargain. When that happened. They ended up in court, but they got a deal. I'm not in favor of doing that. At some point in time, these things take on a life of their own. But we're, we're trying to exercise discipline on the line. Uh, and, you know, like, nobody's been made to walk across. The the barricade, and you know what the barricade and the board with nails did? The police were there, by the way, watching all this and never intervened. Right? So they are happy with it. People might, they might run over another human being, but they won't take a flat tire. So they would stop for three minutes. Three minutes and be let through. Three or four minutes, I just forget which. I think it was four. And be let through. And that was orderly. And the people that I have up there, that is to bring discipline to the picket line. So people have, the vast majority of people, including the patients, including the patients, are supportive. This OMA president and a few, the fellow I heard on that runs a company or something, uh, well, I... I, He's a uniform member. Okay, well... Not everybody likes the union. I yep. can introduce you to one or two people out of my 155,000 don't want to be in a union because they're, they're, well, they're anti-union, right? But, but they benefit by the union. They're happy to take the benefits. But, but this OMA lady, like, so if she was interested in seeing it resolved and interested in working toward future, the future of health care, I'm happy to talk to her. This is privatized health care, and this is what you get. It's these it's not privatized no, health care. Well, Wait a minute. No, it most certainly, no, it is. No, this they is the way run. that clinics run everywhere. Doctors are, are you know, they organize like a small business. There's a clinic yeah. like that down the road from here. There are hundreds of clinics like that in Toronto. It's not privatized. It's a single-payer system. That's the way our system of, of family no, well, health teams are organized. We're going to agree to disagree. When you look at the structure of this corporation in Owen Sound, it's set up as a business. Any profits, there are three people to take the profits out. The three owners, three doctors are owners. This is what I've but that's the way today. family health teams are organized all over. Well, I disagree. I go to a family health center and it's not privatized. It's run by run by the hospital and the university, and they do, oh, those are university affiliated clinics. But most yeah. family well, practices are organized that way, and well, and it's that, a that, single payer system. And guess what? What they're trying to do here, though, so the employer here wants to get rid of all the RPNs and the RN and have patient flow coordinators unregulated. All I know is this. When I go in to see my doctor, I see either an RPN or an RN, and they take my blood pressure, they take my weight, and usually give me a lecture about my pot belly, a few <laughs> others. But it is quality care. If you, so is the doctors now, are they now going to take your blood pressure, your temperature, do all that pre-work? If they are, do they get the bill extra? So there's a whole host of issues here. But at the heart of it all, these workers joined the union because the boss was treating them poorly. They haven't had a raise in four years. And I hear their doctors whining about a 30% reduction. 
Well, they're a union, too. The Ontario Medical Association is a union. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Several years ago, they called me asking for help. I took my chief negotiator and my chief campaigner when they were fighting with the Liberals, and we went and met the president then, whose name is Casey now, for about four hours. And then we worked with them because they they weren't sure how to bargain collectively. So we actually, I actually had a guy named Frank Rooney was was my chief negotiator. Then Frank spent we spent three or four hours with them, and Frank spent more time with their negotiator. So they are a union too. So I would just say, you know, they're at the bargaining table today, right? The 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 employer has it within their ability to settle without bankrupting them, without breaking the bank. The modest wage increases they want, what they have spent on the lawyer and security firms alone, I would love to see the bills because taxpayers' dollars pay them. I'm going to put in an FOI request, see if I can do that, and I'm going to try and shame them into showing their bills what they paid on the Toronto lawyer and, and the security companies. The security companies keep our people. We're never on the property. They, anybody that's, you know, stepped down to go around somebody, hey, you can't stand there. They have harassed my all female members except for one man. They have harassed them from day one. It got rowdy because the sisters finally said, enough is enough. We've had it. Please, can we have some help? And that's when they started getting a little more militant. And my hat's off to them. They're alert. So we could have a deal today. Any deal will not bankrupt these doctors. I don't. They can claim poverty all they want. But I've seen the Jaguars and the Mercedes-Benzes in that parking lot. Guess what? They ain't hurt. Um, and if they're hurting, maybe they shouldn't drive a Jaguar, a $200,000 car. So I have no sympathy for these doctors because they don't deserve any in my book. You've got these workers are paid 2 and 3 and $4 less an hour than other other privatized family health organizations pay their workers, and they're not looking for concessions in the other ones. So it's only some a select few. Will we have more labor disruptions in these places that are unionized? I don't know. Maybe. But is there a better way to do business? There absolutely is. And I'm a big proponent of building labor management relations. I put people, Ministry of Labor offers a service at very low cost. And I'm, I'm always interested in trying to work proactively with, with an employer. But in this case, this employer would have, has been unwilling to bargain for over three months. That if they had any interest at all, any interest, like, where does their responsibility end to patient care? Okay, like, well... Um, no, but they could bargain a deal, and then there w- we wouldn't be having this conversation today, would we? we? This could have been settled three and a half months ago. It could have been settled without a strike. But well, they let's, wanted concessions, let's, and they let's, wanted them to take less. Well, I, you know, I don't think this is the place to get into the specifics of a deal, Uh Thanks for giving us your perspective, and I'm I'm very happy that you're saying that you would meet with Dr. Alam because, uh, you know, I think this is something that definitely has to be sorted out. Um, thank you very much, Smokey Thomas, President of the Ontario Public Service Employees Union. Thanks a lot. Oh, thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.